Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter, to Hebrews chapter 10, please. We've been talking about the inner house that the Lord indwells in the lives of His believers. That is, we are His inner house. We took off from 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We found out in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 that when Solomon dedicated the external house of God, the Lord said, this will be a house of prayer. The house of prayer is mentioned many times through the prophets. Even Jesus got very, very angry when he saw that the house of prayer was being used for a purpose that was outside of the purpose of prayer. Remember, he turned over the money changers' tables and drove them out. We found out in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that the house of prayer has moved. It is not a concrete and steel facility. It is now your body. Do you not know that your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? But the Word says that the house of prayer would be there perpetually, that the eyes of the Lord, He said, my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. So God's eyes and His heart are perpetually on your inner man to see what's going on in the house of prayer. We found out also that it, the house of prayer was also a house of sacrifice in 2 Chronicles 7. It is a house of sacrifice. And so we saw that blood is honored in the house of sacrifice. We talked about the power of the blood of Jesus. We talked about how it gave you a position. It gave you the right to come boldly before the throne of grace and receive grace and mercy to help. We saw not only did it give you access, it gave you authority. The Bible says that we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That blood has to not only be shed, it's already been, that has already taken place. It has to be applied by faith, by the, by the receiving of, the, of what happened with the blood of Jesus, and by the confession with our mouth, that which we believe in our heart. It is to not only be believed, it is to be accessed. We found out that not only did the blood of Jesus give us authority and access, but we found out that there is a sacrifice required of us. Now that Jesus has already sacrificed his own blood, the Bible says that we are to offer to him a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. We talked about the last two sessions. We talked about how a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving are our part 
in this house of prayer. But the house of prayer is not only, the, your inner man is not only a house of prayer, it's not only a house of sacrifice, it is not only a house where blood is honored, it is not only a house where there is thanksgiving and praise, the house of prayer must be a house of mercy and forgiveness. God is merciful and full. His mercy is what? His mercy is what? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand is provided. Great is thy faithfulness. New mercies. The our inner man must be a place. Are you a person of mercy? Or are you a person of judgment and criticism? This has got to be a house, not only individually, but corporately of mercy. The word said, Jesus said out of his own mouth, blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy, don't you? I need mercy. Our inner man has got to be a house of mercy and forgiveness. I've written down here in your outline, how you forgive determines how you live. If you don't forgive, you're going to have to carry more people than yourself. A refusal to forgive causes somebody else to have authority in your inner man. And believe me, you don't have the energy to carry yourself, much less somebody else. You gotta have God's grace to do either one. How you forgive determines how you live. I want us to see here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Everybody say it with me. Everybody say it with me. My sins are forever forgiven. God can't even remember my sin. How can an omniscient God not remember our sins? Because not only is he omniscient, he is omnipotent. Because he is omnipotent, he can do whatever he chooses to do. And he has chosen to not remember our sins anymore. Can everybody say praise the Lord? Thank you, Lord. He is a merciful God. Therefore, verse 19, we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Turn back to the left to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. This is instructions to us as believers. Let's look at verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, everybody say, that's me, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as, forgive even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Does everybody see there that forgiveness is not an elective? It is a requirement. Wow. A refusal or a neglect to forgive becomes poison in our inner man. And it poisons usually those of us who choose to stay victims. I want you to turn back to the left with me to Mark chapter 11. I want to show you something here. Mark 11 is commonly referred to as the faith passage, verses 22 through 24 are commonly referred to as the mountain-moving faith passage, and they are. But I want us to see something here. If we refuse or neglect to forgive, our faith won't work, and we can't even embrace our own forgiveness. You notice in verse 22, Jesus says, have faith in God. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says takes place, he will have whatever he says. Wow. Powerful, isn't it? But look in the same breath, verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, that is when you want to pray a prayer of faith, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. This side of the cross, forgiveness has already been bought and paid for. In God's eyes, because of the cross, you are forgiven for the sake of his son, Jesus. But if you refuse, if you think you can receive something but not give it, then you're deceiving yourself. You can't embrace that which is already yours, your total forgiveness, and refuse to forgive somebody who sinned against you. I can't embrace my forgiveness that is already bought and paid for if I will not forgive somebody who has violated me. When I have violated my heavenly Father and his holy righteousness countless times, more times than I even know, I can't embrace that forgiveness if I say I will not forgive you for how you hurt me. And you see, forgiveness offenses are not only against us, they are against those we love, someone or something. You know what? As a pastor, you better have thick skin. You get hurt a lot, don't you, David? You get hurt a lot. You have things said about you. 
You have people who are never satisfied with whatever you do. Doesn't matter. If you hurt me, I'm going to forgive you. And it'll be quick. I've done it countless times. Are you watching me? But if you hurt her, now I got to struggle. It ain't going to be just like that. I can just tell you that right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You hurt your spouse, you hurt one of your kids. Now we got to struggle, haven't we? 90% of you agreed and the rest of you are not honest with yourself. See, I can take up an offense against somebody who didn't directly hurt me, but hurt something or somebody that I love. Could be your business, whatever. Forgiveness. I can't, my faith won't work. That mountain, I can't move mountains if I'm holding on to a hurt somebody has inflicted on me and I hadn't forgiven. What is forgiveness? Jesus never said forgiveness had anything to do with a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision you make for his sake. You say, Pastor, this person has hurt me so badly and they still never have even recognized it. This person has hurt me so badly. I don't... I, I can't, I can't get myself over there to, to forgive them. Well, you don't do it for their sake. If you were trying to focus on them, you will never get there. Because there's too much pain and anger there. You have to shift your focus away from them and shift your focus on the one who is forgiven you of all your trespasses and sins. He's the one that said, do it for my sake. For, he's the one who said you must forgive. You do it for his sake. Put your focus on him and say, Lord, I am so eternally grateful that you have forgiven me of everything. You know, every time I think about this person, there's hurt or anger or whatever, but I am going to come to you, Lord Jesus, Lord of my life, and in your name, I forgive them for your sake. You say, I can't get there to do it for their sake. You don't have to. You do it for Jesus' sake. And God gives you the grace to forgive for his sake. Well, I can't even forgive for his sake. Well, good luck wanting your faith to work or in good luck walking around having to carry somebody all your life in your inner man struggling. Forgiveness is a decision. If you will make the decision, he will give you the provision. His grace. 
It is a reinforced decision. Peter said to the Lord, how many times I got to forgive my brother? (laughs) Seven times? Jesus said, no. Infinitely more than that. Seventy times seven. Just go ahead and as many times as he sins against you. You got to make the decision to forgive. Forgiveness is a release. You are releasing somebody from having to pay for how they've hurt you. It's a decision to release somebody from the debt they owe you. Mental, emotional, physical. It is a release. You, you got to let them out of your jail. When they are in your jail, you're trying to make them pay. Trying to make them get it. Let me tell you something. Some of them are never going to get it. Say, Pastor, that's bad news. No, that's just the truth. Some of you have people who hurt you badly and never, before they died, never ask you to forgive them. And some of you have got to go before Jesus and choose to forgive and release somebody who's already gone on. They didn't quit living. They're living somewhere. It is a release from me trying to make somebody pay. Turn with me to Romans. Turn to the right there to the Romans chapter 12. I want to show you something here. Not only will our faith not work, and not only do we have to carry unforgiveness and put ourselves in a dangerous place of not being able to receive our own forgiveness. Oh, my dear Lord. Can you imagine not living life, living life, Never being able to really lay hold of your forgiveness? He's a God of mercy and grace, and so must we be. Romans 12. Are you there? Verse 18. If it is possible, if it is possible, sometimes it's not possible, but if it is possible, as much as depends on you, If if the ball's in your court, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Don't try to make somebody pay on your own ability, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Oh my. Forgiveness is not only releasing somebody out of your desire and ability to make them pay, but it is also releasing somebody into the hands of God who he he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Can I tell you something? There is a loving merciful, but just judge. And it doesn't matter what the men on the earth decide. The ultimate judge is Almighty God. He sees and knows everything. He knows all the motives. He knows all the actions. He knows everything. So at some point, you have got to release somebody into the hands of God to deal with them. 
Wow. As we've already said, you have to do that for his sake, focusing on him. It's a decision to trust him with how you're dealt with because how you may be dealt with in the natural is not the final say. Well, what is forgiveness not? Forgiveness, let's say it again, it's a release from me striving to make somebody pay. And what I find when I, do, when I don't forgive, I'm only holding myself hostage. I'm not really making anybody pay anything. A lot of times they don't even acknowledge it. I'm holding myself hostage. So forgiveness is not only for Jesus' sake, that's how you have to approach it. You are the beneficiary of forgiveness. When you forgive somebody else, you think they're going to get all the credit. No, when you forgive somebody else, you are the beneficiary of the peace and grace of God. You don't have to carry them anymore. Forgiveness is not ignoring the offense and hurt. You know, some people just try to stuff all their hurts down and, and, depend, and, and act like they never happened. That, there's nothing righteous about that. There's certainly nothing therapeutic about that. Jesus wept. He cried out in the days of his flesh with loud lamentation and tears, the Bible says in Hebrews, he expressed his heart. Jesus himself said to the Father, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forgiveness is not pretending like it doesn't happen. There's no value to that. In fact, some of you who've been violated and hurt for years and years and years and years and years, you, you need to deal with that. You say, Pastor, do you believe that it's a good thing for a Christian to get counseling? Absolutely. The Word says that our God, one of His names is not only Mighty God, but Counselor. Ignoring the offense and the hurt is not what forgiveness is. Number two, it is not a pass from accountability for hurtful actions. Uh, forgiving somebody doesn't mean that you just let them do anything and everything they want to do. Sometimes you have to stand up for that which is legally yours. You had to go to court sometimes, do you not? How many years you've been representing people? Thirty-eight. It happens, doesn't it? It's not a pass from accountability. We're all accountable for our forgiveness. It does not give people a pass from being accountable. And it is not trying to forget the offense. It doesn't just disappear when we fight. Look, some of you have gone before the Lord and you have said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I forgive somebody. But you still have so much hurt, you think that maybe you didn't forgive. 
Forgiveness has nothing to do with how you feel. If you've been deeply violated, you're not going to instantly become well just the moment you forgive. Now, you're on the road to restoration, but how many of you know that hurt, memories, emotions, still there? It takes an ongoing work of God's grace to forgive and to move on. The hurt doesn't just magically disappear when you first forget. So don't confuse an absence of hurt or a presence of hurt with a lack of forgiveness. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you forgive somebody that you have to continue to associate with them. Years ago, I was hurt mightily and I went before the Lord to forgive. And I forgave the Lord, I forgave in the presence of the Lord as an act of my will. My emotions cried out against it that I was hurting so bad, but I forgave them for Jesus' sake. Now I want to know what the next step was, and the Holy Spirit let me know you have to forgive. That is not an elective, but you don't have to have breakfast with them tomorrow morning. Some people think that if you forgive, that that automatically means you got to be restored. No, in some cases, it'll never be the same. The Word never says that you got to make it like it used to be. That is not a requirement of forgiveness. Are you seeing a pattern here that it's all about you and Jesus and getting and, and trusting God's grace to work? You don't have to make it the way it used to be. Jesus said something very interesting in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, when somebody does you wrong, pray for them. Forgive them. And then he said a word that one day as I was out on a walk, wondering why I couldn't seem to get over how I'd been violated. I just, I had forgiven, but I just couldn't seem to get over it. It still trapped me in the memories of my mind of how these guys had treated me. And the Lord said, I said, Jesus, I have, I have forgiven them. I don't know why I feel so bad. I have forgiven them. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my inner man with these impressions. You have forgiven, and that's good. But you have not taken the next step that I ask you to do, and that is I told you to bless those who hurt you and violate you. I almost stopped and turned around right then. <laughs> Your pastor has weaknesses. I didn't feel like doing that. And I told the Lord, you know good and well, I don't feel like doing that. And the Holy Spirit let me know, if you, look, if you want to get over this, you're going to have to do what I told you to do. Just like forgiveness, do as an act of your will. So you know what I did? On that walk that day, it changed my life, it changed my ministry. I promise you. I'm up here today because of what happened to me out on that road today, that's one reason why I'm here. 
I started praying a blessing over those who had hurt me. I started asking God to bless their business, bless their marriages, bless their families, bless their health, bless their finances. And I didn't feel like one word of it. It would have been all right with me if God had not answered that prayer. Anybody else feel that way? It would have been fine. <laughs> I could go on there, but uh, I'd, get, I'd get in the flesh really bad. But you know, an amazing thing began, I say began to happen that day. I began to get over it. I began to get over it. And now I hardly ever even give a thought to it. But you got to start somewhere. Now here's what I want to do today. Today as we receive Holy Communion, you will receive as the Spirit of God leads you. You come and receive as the Lord leads you. What I'd like for you to do today is to remember that this Lord's table Jesus passionately desired for us to enter in to his broken body and shed blood. In that shed blood, in that broken body, was your total, complete forgiveness. Some of you have tried to forgive people who've hurt you, but you've never forgiven yourself. Don't you understand that it is a slap in the face of Jesus if you won't forgive yourself? He died not only to forgive other people who've hurt you, he died for you. If you won't forgive yourself, you are insulting the blood of Jesus. You gotta make a decision today, Lord. I forgive myself. I forgive those who are, have inflicted pain on me. I release them into your hands. I won't try to hold them in my prison anymore. I release them, I forgive them for Jesus' sake. And Lord, I forgive myself. So today as you receive Holy Communion, would you do so recognizing and and declaring in your own heart, I forgive myself, Lord, and I forgive. And you call the names. You know, I asked the Lord over the last few days, reveal to me those that I have not forgiven. Those who have casually violated me, everybody from somebody who's irritated me on the road to somebody who's inflicted deep pain. From casual violation to deep wound, Will you forgive them? Ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind those that you need to forgive. I've been praying that for myself the last several days. And I've obeyed what the Lord has told me. I encourage you to do so today. Father, we commit these elements from a common purpose to a holy purpose. We thank you that you've invited us 
to partake of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Give us greater revelation of it, Lord. Greater revelation today. In Jesus' name, come and receive as the Spirit of God leads you. And on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup and he said, This is my blood in the new. This is the new covenant in my blood. Take and drink in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you declare the Lord's death until he returns. Would you say this with me? Mighty Father, on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus, I receive my forgiveness and I receive the grace to forgive those who have hurt me. In Jesus' name, I declare I am forgiven and I forgive them in the name of Jesus. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.